Hello, witches and wanderers. My name is Missa. And my name is Katie, and welcome to the Baby Witch Podcast. Hey, Katie, how are you? I have been working pretty much since we recorded the last episode, so I'm kind of losing my mind. But uh, yeah, I mean, other than that, I'm good. Um, been keeping myself sane with Taylor Swift's new album, and I'm like 90% certain she's a closeted. She's in the broom closet now because there are some there's some very witchy music on that album. Um, I mean, she posted something on Twitter about like witches be like blah 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 it's me i'm witches (laughs) yep i mean we can hope we can dream taylor if you're listening you're welcome on the podcast anytime anyway we're gonna be a little goofy tonight because i am half crazed from the amount that i've been working and it's close to christmas and we're all going crazy because we're locked in our homes. And yeah, this might be more of a slap happy episode, even though we're talking about a very serious subject. Yeah, I like that we're always like, it's going to be a loose episode today. It's like, when was the last time we didn't have a loose episode? <laughs> the last episode was not loose. We actually got a lot of compliments and people keep saying they really liked that episode. So that might be a template that we need to do more often. However, this ain't it. I'm deeply sorry. Um, <laughs> Yeah, well, you were in charge of the last episode, though, so that just tells you that you're better at this than I am. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'm just a Capricorn, and I can, I, it, I have to organize things or I die. So, yes. technically, you are an Aquarius. In case people are curious, but you've got so many cap placements that you're basically, yes, a Capricorn. I'm a Capricorian. That's what. That's the technical term for that situation there. So, yeah. And speaking of Capricorn, by the time this episode comes out, Saturn will uh, be out of Capricorn. It We're done with our Saturn returns. It's over, yeah. finally, forever. Sucks to be you, Saturn and Aquarius. Ha ha ha. Anyway, um, that was mean. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm You'll get through um, it. We promise. You'll, you'll get through it. Just like... Be calm and, you know, buckle up. It'll be fine. Um, All right. So we're going to take this now into kind of a serious topic. Um, It's something that we've talked about scattered throughout all of our episodes, really. Um, It being the holiday season when a lot of people are buying gifts for each other. um, We really wanted to make sure that we discuss this topic a little bit more in depth um, to give you all the resources and the information that we think that you need. Yes. And that topic is anti-capitalism. Um, perfect for the Christmas time season. Because uh, if you don't forget, if you actually read the gospel, Jesus was a commie hippie. Um, yeah. But Nothing anyway. the gospel if you're a witch. But, the, you know, there are a lot Nothing. of Christians out there in America. Yes, I was forced to read the gospel to get my bachelor's degree. Um, But yeah, I mean, that's like one of the main reasons why I'm not a Christian anymore, because Jesus was a commie hippie and uh, Christians today are not. So anyway, well, I was was just tying it into Christianity, but yeah, or into Christmas and Christian Christmas. So, yeah. Yeah. So we talk a lot about 
um, how to make your craft, your witchcraft, anti-capitalist, how to avoid spending a lot of money on your witchcraft and especially to like big box stores and places like Amazon. Um, and so we wanted to, again, go into more depth about that. So we want to kind of give you first a little background about like what it means when we say anti-capitalist or anti-capitalism. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the definition I found from Googling it, it's from Wikipedia. Um, Anti-capitalism is a political ideology and movement encompassing a variety of attitudes and ideas that oppose capitalism. In this sense, anti-capitalists are those who wish to replace capitalism with another type of economic system, usually some form of socialism. And so, yeah, basically anti-capitalism is exactly that. It's, you know opposing capitalism, opposing the continuation of capitalism. Um, And we want to break that down a little bit more because I know, especially for Americans, like saying you don't like capitalism is along the same lines of saying, you know, I think French fries taste like poop. Um, (laughs) And especially like I've gotten into some pretty interesting arguments with the older members of my family bringing up socialism and the fact that capitalism is problematic. Um, and I know that a lot of people have knee-jerk reactions like, what do you mean you don't like capitalism? Like, socialism's evil. Socialism means that we're all going to lose our personal belongings and be thrown into gulags. Like, why would you not want capitalism? Um, and so we're just going to do a quick little breakdown of uh, what that means. Um, so historically, like, America wasn't really anti-capitalist, or not anti-capitalist, anti-socialist, anti-communist as a culture until the 1950s when the USSR became our main national enemy. Um, And kind of as a um, reaction against our enemy, the USSR, we became very vehemently anti-communism. That's where we see McCarthyism. That's where we see, um, you know, communists arrested and... um, persecuted by our political system. Um, And so the roots of, you know, this idea that capitalism is the be all end all is really just a reaction against an old political enemy, one that doesn't even exist anymore. Um, But yeah, so basically, American policies were enforcing capitalism to demonize, demonize socialism via the USSR. Um, but it wasn't for like solid economic re- like it wasn't like because we thought capitalism was like the be all end all. We actually had some very we have we still have some very deeply entrenched socialist economic economic programs that FDR put in place during the Great Depression. Um, it's just more like our enemy is communist, so we're going to fight against all communists in the name of national security. Um, and so that goes into like. Vietnam was a proxy war against capitalism or against communism. Um, And then there were several democratically elected communist leaders in Latin America, Argentina, Guatemala, et cetera, where we sent in, we either supported rebels or we sent in our own people and we toppled those democratically um, elected governments. And in the case of uh, Chile, which is the one I'm most familiar with, uh, we deposed uh, Salvador Allende, who was the, democrat- the communist democratically elected president of Chile, and installed a 
fascist dictator who who disappeared people and did all sorts of really awful shit. So, yeah, we did some really horrible things in the name of capitalism. Um, and it just goes to show that it's it wasn't really about economic reform. It was just about politics and national security and creating the world's best superpower. Anyway. Yeah. And that being said, um, not just in America, but there are other, um, especially Latin American countries who did have socialist governments and those governments have led to economic despair. A lot of the times, if you look closer to those countries, it wasn't because of socialism itself. It was because of who was running the government, because of corruption, because of outside influence, American influence, things like that. We understand that there are people who are from those countries or who have family or from those countries and feel like socialism itself has harmed them. And so they feel um, like you have to be capitalist. You have to come to America for the capitalism because socialism was so bad, but it wasn't necessarily socialism themselves. And we're not here. This isn't a pro-socialism, not that we're anti-socialist, but that's not what this episode is about. Um, But I think when you hear anti-capitalist right now in America, your first thought is, is socialism and there's just, again, like the McCarthyism scare against socialism, it's bad. It's socialism in and of itself is not inherently evil. And so we just want to make sure that when you think about socialism, you're not necessarily thinking of the countries who are having hardships right now because it wasn't socialism's fault. Yes. And to that point, a lot of countries in Europe who are considered to be some of the happiest countries in the world are socialist countries. Um, the Scandinavian countries, uh, Germany, those are all socialist countries. And they, you know, are always on the top at the top of the list as far as happiest countries, whereas America is pretty far down at the bottom at this point because, you know, we've reached this point of end stage capitalism where capitalism has been taken to such a far extent with our education system and our healthcare system that it's about the money and it's no longer supporting people to be able to have that American pursuit of happiness. Um, an example that I, you know, think of just off the top of my head is the cost of insulin has gone up exponentially recently and there are diabetics who can't afford their insulin. So they're rationing, they're rationing their insulin and they are dying because they cannot afford this medication that they literally need to stay alive. And that's in the name of capitalism and it's disgusting. Yeah. Um, we live in a society where things that you literally need to stay alive cost money and there's no way to get money unless you sell your body. I mean, when you're working 40 hours a week for minimum wage, just so that you can afford to feed yourself to stay alive. Uh, or when you have to work a specific job so you can get a specific health insurance plan that will pay for the specific medication that you need. That is bad capitalism. Just mm-hmm. end of the story. You shouldn't, there shouldn't be anything that you need to stay alive uh, that should cause you financial ruin. Yes. And that being said, you know, regulated capitalism is fine. The problem is that we're living uh, back during the Reagan administration. They started dismantling a bunch of those regulatory systems, and that's continued up until, you know, the current administration. So it's just we right, like, I don't know, cap the car current system's not working. We either need more regulations or we need to find a way to blend capitalism and socialism or I don't. I don't really know. All I know is that people 
are literally dying or they're going to be paying student loans until they're 80 years old or yeah it's just the current program is not working and I mean I do want to point out that there does tend to be this generational divide because like I said before um, you know this demonization of communism socialism was really prevalent during the cold war and what most people don't realize is like I am a 30 year old woman I was born in 1990 um, and the Cold War, the USSR fell, the Cold War ended in 1991. So I was one years old when the Cold War ended. And so I have not really been inundated with that anti-capitalism propaganda like we, like I'm sure the older generations did. And that's why, you know, I get into these fights with my grandma and my dad about, you know, capitalism. And the point I kind of get into with my grandma is that she's just afraid that there won't be anything left for me if we continue down that path. And the point I always make to her is statistically, if you look at countries like Sweden and Germany, I will actually be much better off if we start creating some more socialist programs, yeah. social, socialist social programs. So, yeah. I, I want to backtrack a little bit. I think you said that you have not been inundated by anti-capitalist propaganda. You mean anti-communist oh. propaganda? anti-communist propaganda, my apologies. Yeah, I have not been, our generation has not been inundated with anti-communist propaganda in the same way that previous generations had during the Cold War. Yeah, so definitely. I mean, if you look at socialist programs in the United States, um, public part, the library is socialist, um, public schools are, are socialist. I mean, they need more funding. And that's one of the problems that we have with capitalism is um, and with a police state, to be completely honest with you, is that we're not we're just not funding our schools. Um, and that's a whole nother argument I'll get into. <laughs> that's maybe not for this podcast mm-hmm. about how, why the way that we fund our schools is backwards and hurting the impoverished and people of color. Um, but and, and, oh, yeah, that's on purpose. That's what Betsy Davos did. And that's why she's going to. I don't know. She's going to get something coming to her because she's anyway, I hate her. Yeah. So, so anyway, that was a long ramble about a lot of things and mostly about politics. And, um, but what does that have to do with witchcraft? Um, so we want to talk about anti-capitalism specifically within witchcraft, but also to remember that the magical is political. Um, we've talked about it before, to be a witch is to take on the, the, the struggle of the oppressed. Um, and so when we're talking about how capitalism has hurt people, um, we as witches cannot continue the practice that hurts people. And so that's mm-hmm. what we want to make sure that in when we're practicing our personal crafts, we are not giving to a structure that is harming our brothers and sisters and non-binary siblings. Yes, exactly. And um, capitalism does hurt a lot of people. And I also think, you know, capitalism is inherently harmful to the planet because if you think about it, you want to make things as cheaply as possible in order to gain the largest profit. And so that inherently means finding the least expensive way to create it, which usually means, you know, slave labor and ignoring environmental regulations and everything like that. And, you know, witchcraft is pretty heavily nature-based. Like there's a very strong moral obligation as a witch to do what is best for this planet. And unfortunately, a lot of very heavily capitalist things like 
Amazon don't really support that. For example, you know, Amazon has their own production lines, which they make in China using, you know, sweatshops. And then they ship them on freighters from China to the United States, which FYI, those freighters from China to the United States are the largest polluters. Um, it, like one of those, it, like in a single trip, emits more pollution than the entire United States does in like an entire year. Um, or cars do an entire year, let me put it that way. Um, but yeah, so then it gets to the United States and then it has to ship to you using, you know, employees that they don't pay very well um, and mistreat, like they're not allowed to use the bathroom for Christ's sake. Um, and then they have to, uh, yeah, and it's just all of those things add up to, yeah, it's great profit for um, Jeff Bezos. And I'm not trying to say like, you know, Amazon has kind of become the Walmart of this day and age because they are so inexpensive. And um, Firelight actually made the point that it's classist to say don't shop at Amazon because there are some people who just can't afford to shop elsewhere right now. Yeah. Um, so we're not saying like drop Amazon if that's literally all you can afford to like all you can afford to shop at. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you have the option to, you know, shop through Etsy or buy local or do something else like man, Amazon has a heavy impact on the planet and on our social structures. So. Yeah. Um, so we want, and, and another part of it too, is when we're talking about anti-capitalism, we don't want you, especially baby witches to be breaking the bank. We don't want you to spend $500 to create your first altar. Um, and so sometimes it's, you know, it's better to buy cheap things. And sometimes those really cheap things are going to get on Amazon. Yes, they have very inexpensive things and they have a plethora of things. Um, so it's an option. If you have other options, I wouldn't go that route. You know, if you have access mm -hmm. to online stores, especially right now, supporting stores that are closed, so having them ship through the USPS, the, the postal service to try to save the postal service from DeJoy, um, you know, those if you can afford it, those are the routes you want to go. A lot of people are giving discounts, um, even discounts on shipping, like they're covering part of the shipping costs to try to get it to you. Um, so again, sometimes that's what I'll do is I'll go, I'll see something I like on Amazon and then I'll see if I can find it on Etsy. I'll see if I can find it from one of the witch stores that I like to shop on online. Um, and then I even have a natural food store here in my town. It's, pretty expensive. So I don't shop there a lot. Um, but they have like a small little candle section and like essential oil, like just kind of, you know, new agey stuff. And so I'll go and I'll browse there to see if maybe there's something that I can get there. So I've bought like incense there and like I, they have like mortar and pestle and things like that. And they're a locally owned store. So when I'm going there, even though it's a grocery store, I can still support a small business, uh, with my craft. Yes, exactly. Because that goes to pay these salaries of the people who work there and um, the local business owner and all that stuff. And yeah, so I mean, even like I would almost say go and shop at your local Walmart because at least it's supporting, you know, employees who work at that Walmart instead of, um, you know, a company who abuses their, well, Walmart yeah, also yeah, abuses their employees, them. actually. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, I take that back. Walmart's still probably pretty bad, but Target treats um, their employees a little bit better. Target's pro union. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I go shop at Target. That's usually what I do anyway. Um, if I like have to get something at a big box store, I'll buy it at Target before I buy it at Amazon. Yeah. Um, but but that's also really hard because right now it's like, do I go to Target and maybe get Corona <laughs> or do I stay home? So, yeah. yeah. Which. I know I've had Corona, but also they're now saying that if you get it naturally, your immunity only lasts for like three or four months. And I got it in April. So if you thought you were immune because of that, please be cautious because you probably aren't. Um, yeah. So. Um, so that's kind of, you know, a start of where we can go with with anti-capitalism um, or and not even just anti-capitalism, but not incorporating capitalism into your witchcraft, into your practice. Um, so we've talked about Etsy. We've talked about. Um, going to local stores or online stores. Um, mm-hmm. again, like- um, thrift stores are also really great, especially for like, you know, offering vessels or I don't know, I or chalices. Um, my sister really wanted to go thrifting for her birthday. So this was months ago when things were still relatively safe to go out. Um, And we, you know, I was able to find a really nice set of wine glasses that I use for ritual offerings to deities now. Um, And that's all like, yeah, you don't, you know, when you buy something for the first time, you don't necessarily want to invest a lot of money in it. Because what if you never end up using it? I mean, that being said, if, you know, your chalice ends up being something you use every week and you want to, you know, say, you have the money and you want to invest in a custom jewel encrusted chalice that costs $500. That's great. Just when you're, you're a new witch and you're starting into this stuff, we don't want you to spend, you know, we don't want you to spend the $500 right at the beginning just to realize like, Oh, I never use this thing. So. Yeah. yeah. Especially remember um, your practice Mm -hmm. is for your own spiritual growth. It's not necessarily for, Instagram and the aesthetics. So it doesn't have to look super pleasing right at the beginning. Um, it just has to feel personally valuable to you. Um, mm-hmm. I do want to mention with thrifting, it is important not to over thrift. Um, there is a problem with people thinking that thrifting is fun and like just a, a cute thing to do. And they ended up, they end up buying out the things at thrift stores that low income people need and they don't have the ability to buy at those, those bigger stores because of, again, this is all going back to capitalism. Um, and so they, they can't afford target or Walmart and now there's nothing available at the thrift store either. So it's important, you know, go in, buy what you need. Um, but don't go in and just buy everything you see because it's fun and it's cheap. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, yeah. And then I think, also just generally like you don't have to buy anything to be a witch and um like it's if you feel called like you know a athame or a cauldron would benefit you spiritually like yeah go ahead and do it but you absolutely don't have to buy anything especially at the beginning of your practice to be a witch so yeah or you can find things um you know you can find natural items you can make things Um, you, like we've talked about making moon water, just collect, get water and put it out under the moon. Um, water Mm -hmm. should be free. It's not, again, that's, you know, (laughs) everything Mm -hmm. draws back to this. Um, this is how our minds work all the time. So if you're wondering what it was like to live inside of our heads, this is it. Um, but I mean, you can take water, collect rainwater if it's not illegal where you live. Um, 
that is a joke, but also it's not. Um, collect rainwater, bless it under the full moon. Um, you can, again, we talked in the last episode about black salt, things like that. You know, if you're a kitchen witch, you can make things in the kitchen. Um, you can get a wand from nature. I couldn't remember the term for this. It was either the last episode or a few episodes ago about finding things in nature. And it's, I believe the term is called wild crafting, um, mm-hmm. where you, you find a stick on the ground and, you know, you create a wand out of that you know, wrap it with vines that you find or, or things like that. So there's lots of options out mm-hmm. there for you that don't yeah. break the bank that you don't have to spend any money on. Yes. And it is pretty common, especially in the herbalism community to wild forage. Actually, there's a belief that wild found herbs are better for you than ones that you would buy at the store. However, you know, there are some regulations to that. You or some guidelines for that. Um, you do only, you want to, you know, spiritually ask permission from the plant before you start cutting it up. You only want to take like a third of what you see. You don't want to take the entire plant. Um, and yeah, you just want to be respectful. Um, and then, you know, we didn't do a whole lot of research for this episode just because um, anti-capitalism, like I see a lot of podcasts or not podcasts, um, Instagram posts about it, but there aren't really a lot of hard written resources, but I did read one um, article about it in the book Becoming Dangerous, which is an anthology of a bunch of different uh, queer witches uh, stories. And one did talk about being an anti-capitalist witch and they talked about um, dumpster diving for stuff, which there's like the Freegan movement, I think is where you essentially like go looking in dumpsters for you know, resources and food and stuff. And that can, you know, that can be um, a hazard health wise, but, you know, you hear these stories, especially around like college campuses of people throwing out things that are perfectly fine. Um, So that is an option if you feel adventurous and you take the necessary health precautions. Oh, I think we did also want to mention you can buy things that aren't necessarily made for witchcraft. Like if a fancy wine glass is your chalice, that's fine. It doesn't have to have like a triple moon or, um, you know, a pentagram on it or anything. It can just be like a fancy wine glass that makes you happy. Or like a cute little dish. Um, You know, maybe you do find like a saucer that doesn't have a teacup anymore at a thrift store um, or in your mom's cabinet, something like that. And you can use that as an offering plate. Uh, There are are all kinds of options out there. Again, it doesn't have to be a specific like, oh, well, this, you know, I have to buy this $40 dressed candle. No, you can get any candle will work. That's fine. Yeah, you can get those glass pillar candles from the grocery store that I think cost like just a few dollars. And then, you know, use that. You can write on the candle in Sharpie what your intentions are. And boom, that's candle magic. Yeah, there you go. Absolutely. So lots of options out there. We talk about it in most of our episodes. We just kind of wanted to centralize, um, you know, how to avoid spending a ton of money and incorporating capitalism into your witchcraft. Um, We do try to be mindful in our own witchcraft that we are not incorporating capitalism, that we're trying to honor nature and honor the what whatever guides we use without having to just throw money on it because that's not using your spirit that's just using your wallet. Mhm. 
Exactly. That being said, we do live in a capitalist society. Like I work in e-commerce, which is very heavily um, capitalist. And that's how I make the money that I need to survive. And so, you know, like we said, if you absolutely have to purchase through Amazon, if you absolutely have to, you know, it's not like you should be going off to live in a commune. We all, we do understand that we all live in a capitalist society and you can't just like go barter for the things you need. Like you do still have to pay money for candles, even if they're dollar store candles, like you have to pay money for them. Um, which dollar stores are also problematic. I know I, I hawk them all the time because I don't want to encourage you guys to spend a lot of money, but dollar stores encourage food deserts and marginalized communities. Um, but yeah, we, we understand that you, that um, we all have to participate in capitalism in some way because we live in the United States, if we live in the United States, you know, and so we're not, we're not telling you that you can't, that you, that you, if in order to be a witch, you cannot also participate in capitalism. That's, that's not what this is about. It's just to be mindful um, when you are purchasing things or gathering things for your practice, that you're not, um, mm-hmm encouraging capitalism that you're not adding to the problems yes and i do feel like that's the best way to put it because um you know just i feel like that's the key to all witchcraft is mindfulness don't just you know willy-nilly gather the things you think you need in order to be a witch and you know you end up with a 50 dollars athame that you never use because you thought that all witches need to go out and buy an athame um but yeah, I mean, that being said, there are some really good ways we can game capitalism, like giving your money to your local witch store. Like, that's a really great use of capitalism. Keep those people in business so we can continue to support our community and can continue to provide a resource for your local witchcraft and pagan community. Um, and also paying for services. Like, pay for services, pay for experiences. Those are all important yeah. as well. I think we um, want to talk about free like, resources, but why don't we kick that to the end? And um, let's okay. let's dive yeah. into examples of toxic anti-capitalism in witchcraft, because that's also, um, you know, when we talk about trying to avoid capitalism, um, it is possible for witches to take that too far. Um, and one of the ways that we see this most often is people not wanting to pay other people for their goods, services, teachings, and spiritual services. Um, because, you know, they don't think that they should have to spend money on their witchcraft, which they don't, but then they expect people to do things for them for free. Yes. And this is especially, I mean, I'm sure it's prevalent in other parts of the community, but you see this a lot in tarot. Like there are some people who don't think that you should ever charge someone for a tarot reading because it's a spiritual service and you should not charge for spiritual services. So, and I hate to say it, but like, if you were to get married at a church, like you have to pay for the service there. You have to pay to be a member of the church. It's not as though you, um, you know, it's, that is not free as well. So saying that our own community should just do stuff for free because you feel as though spiritual services are not um, are too holy to be tainted with money is very problematic. Yeah, especially so. when, you know, we're all witches trying to survive in a capitalist society. And the way that some witches have learned how to survive is they have these gifts and they share them with people 
in exchange for money so that they can then feed themselves so that they can grow their own practice so that they can care for their family. Um, you know, so it's, it's important if they're offering you this service that you are paying them for their time. Um, if you, for me, witchcraft practices, um, especially things like reading tarot are energetically draining. Um, and so sometimes I will pay for tarot readings just so that I don't have to expend the energy. So then I'm paying someone so that they'll expend that energy for me because I'm not, I don't, I'm too tired to do it for myself for free. Mm -hmm. And if it's something that I need and I feel is going to help me grow spiritually, um, then yes, I will, I'll pay someone for a tarot reading. Um, because that's their, their labor. When you go to a mechanic and you get a new engine installed, you pay for the engine, you pay for the part. And then you also pay for the time of the person who is living in a capitalist culture who has to put that engine in for you. So we, you know, you're paying people for their time. You're paying people for their energy, for their exhaustion so that they can then go on and, and it supports them. Don't we want to support each other as witches? Um, I have a good friend who has a witchcraft store on Etsy and I do, I'll buy tarot and Oracle readings from her because I know not only does it save me the energy, but it supports her. It puts food on her table. And sometimes I'll see if she's going through something hard and I'm like, you know, I have an extra $20. I know that I can either give her this $20, which would be great. Um, I could also spend $20 on a tarot reading and then I can leave her a great review on her Etsy store about how wonderful her tarot reading was. Um, and, and that supports her again. Exactly. And it's important to encourage people to pay for services because, you know, there is, and even for goods, because there's this attitude in the witchcraft community that you shouldn't pay for handmade goods when the reality is that like, it took you four hours to make this and you're asking me to sell it to you for $12. That's like $4 an hour. That's incredibly f messed up. And that sh if I don't price that according to how I value myself and how I value my labor, um, you know, that's really diminishing my own worth and my value. So, you know, and apparently that's really common. Um, like I've heard stories of people going to like pagan festivals and being told that their stuff's too expensive. And, you know, we really need to change that attitude in our community. So that way, you know, and I get it, people are broke, you might not have the money. But like, if you have the money, you do need to be paying for these services and paying for goods and pay them like pay the value that yeah, they're worth. Absolutely. It's so I think, you know, not that we want you to go spend hundreds of dollars and, and, you know, put yourself in debt to grow your spiritual practice. But if you have the option to spend $10 on something from Amazon or $20 from, you know, a local witch or an online witch, and rather than giving $10 to Jeff fucking Bezos, you could give that money to someone who's going to put it back in their community and who's going to grow their practice. You know, maybe it's a little bit more expensive, but if you can afford it, that's, a, you know, it's not just, I want to save the $10 so that I can buy two of these things, you know, no, give it to the witch. That's why we when we tell you to avoid Amazon, we're not saying don't buy anything. If you have the choice, give it to someone who's going to do some good with the money. Mm -hmm, exactly. And I mean, maybe you don't have a big local community, but that's why Etsy is so great because it's this great online marketplace that allows you to connect with small biz, like small makers, small 
um, individual people who, you know, it's better than, you know, giving it to a big corporation. Sometimes because we see these other people selling these goods and services, especially as baby witches, we go, oh, people pay a lot of money for tarot readings. I've been learning how to read tarot. I should start charging for my tarot readings. Um, If you are not well-practiced in these services and and not just tarot, but any kind of witchcraft service um, creating, you know, I can make candles. I've made candles. I don't know how to carve or dress candles to sell to someone else. I'm not someone that should be offering those services to someone else because not only am I offering someone who, who really wants something from me, you know, this could be someone, especially, you know, we have a small platform here on the podcast. I don't want someone to go, Oh yeah. Missa from, from baby witch podcast. Um, you know, she started offering tarot readings. So let's go ahead and pay her when I'm not practiced enough to give you a tarot reading. Um, and when I do that, I'm not only giving you a bad service, but then I'm taking money away from an actual professional tarot reader, someone that needs the money. I have a full-time job. I'm not a professional witch. I don't do this for money, but there are people who do it for money and you should pay them people who need the money. And so if you're someone who thinks, Oh, I, sh- I read, I kind of read tarot for me and my friends, I should start charging. It's not something that you have the skill and experience and expertise to do. Um, you know, you're welcome to start charging a little bit. Um, you know, if you say, you know, I have some friends of friends who want tarot readings, it does, you know, it is hard for me to do, or, um, you know, it takes a lot of energy. So maybe I'll charge five or $10 or yeah, maybe I'll start, you know, if you bring me a bottle of wine, I'll give you a tarot reading, that kind of a thing. Um, okay. But I don't, you know, if, if you just started reading tarot six months ago and you start charging $40 for a tarot reading on Etsy, um, then you are participating in, in capitalism, in witchcraft in a bad way, because again, you're offering people maybe a bad service and you're taking that money away from a good tarot reader. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And yeah, it's just, you know, I, you do see this people who are like, Oh, I've been practicing for six months and now I'm a professional tarot reader. Now I will do give you spiritual guidance. Like that always makes me a little nervous because, you know, there are like priests and priestesses who have been doing this for 20, 30 years. And you're just kind of casually going into this. Like I would almost be worried to receive any sort of spiritual, serious spiritual guidance from you. Cause I would almost like, you could possibly bring me into some spaces that aren't healthy yeah. or aren't good. So Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. And I mean, again, like if you offer, I I offered to one of our friends who recently bought a house, um, you know, I I was said I was going to come over and, you know, once she's vaccinated um, and I asked if, you know, she'd want me to, you know, bless her house or put up some wards or anything. And she said she'd like that. Um, I've never done that other than in my own house. Um, So that's not a service that I could charge for, but this is my best friend. Like I can, you know, if, if she's okay with me doing that and knowing that I'm not a professional, that um, you know, maybe I might accidentally smoke out her house and set off her smoke alarm. Like that's my best friend. She's okay with that. I'm not going to charge someone a hundred dollars to come bless or ward their house. And then their house ends up stinking like incense for six months because I didn't know what I was doing or I burned a hole in the rug because I didn't know what I was doing. Um, so just, you know, think mm-hmm. about those kinds of things. And we're not saying that you can't use your witchcraft for personal profit. If 
it's something that you're really called to, if it's something that you're good at. Um, but again, start small. Don't try to compete against the professionals. Build your way up. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And um, just, yeah, be smart about it. Like we're not saying you absolutely can never form a professional witchcraft businesses. And also do be cautious because there are a lot of people out there who are like, yeah, hire me to be your coach and I will create help you create a spiritual business just for you. And, you know, there is a point where there's going to be a market saturation and, you know, there may not be a market for every person who wants to be a professional tarot reader to be a professional tarot reader. So keep that in mind. Um, but also like, yeah, these people could be taking advantage of you and just promising like you too can have a professional witchcraft business. So just be, be cautious. So, Probably yeah. shared this uh, previously on the podcast, but I, there was a white woman that I followed on Instagram who found someone to teach her to be a hoodoo priestess. And then immediately when her training was done, maybe even before it was done, she started selling hoodoo services. Um, and it was like $500. And I was just like, woman, you literally just learned this. Um, you paid someone. I don't know if she paid a person of color to teach her this, but I, it was just that she would then turn around and sell these services for such a high price when she was brand new to it. And I stopped following her on Instagram. I was, I was disgusted with, I mean, I know that she has to make a living and I know that those services are hard, but that wasn't something that she should have been selling. Um, she didn't have the experience. She didn't have the cultural, uh, connection to the practice. It was, it just felt like it was a money grab. And again, I was, I had to stop following her on Instagram because she was someone that I had been learning from that she was posting things on, on Instagram. And I was like, Oh, this is really cool. I'm learning so much. And I was like, Oh, nope. You've crossed, you've crossed a line. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's greatly disappointing. And that also brings up a point of like, don't charge for services. If it's a practice of a marginalized group and you are not of that group, because that is deeply fucked up, like allow someone like going back to hoodoo, a black person probably should have been getting that $500 for yes, the services exactly. she was providing. She was taking so, money yeah. out of the hands of a person of color. Um, and so don't do that either. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but, you know, mm -hmm. we, we've talked a lot about, you know, what you can do, what you can't do. Again, it is your craft. It is your personal choice to make. These are our recommendations. Um, this is just kind of a brief introduction to it. Um, we wanted to talk a little bit about um, some other resources, some ways that you can learn more. One of the ways that you can learn more is to buy books, uh, support pagan authors, especially authors of color. Um, Anti-capitalist witchcraft is a very popular subject. It will be in a lot of other occult books that you are reading. Um, so look into those, purchase those if you can. Again, when you buy a book from a, a witch or pagan author, you're supporting them. You're, you know, helping them survive capitalism. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And also, you know, buying books, some pre-ordering some books off of Amazon or like buying books from authors of color on Amazon is one of the few exceptions I make because 
Amazon's metrics really affect the way that the publisher views a book. And if you pre-order it on Amazon or if you purchase the book through Amazon, it registers with the publisher in a way that it doesn't register if you buy it with your local bookseller. And that's fucked up. And I wish that wasn't true because I would much rather purchase from my local bookseller. But if me buying a book by a Black author through Amazon allows that author, that author to get more copies of their book printed, um, it can, using... Using Amazon strategically like that can do yeah. some good. So I'm just putting yes. this there. Um, so again, buy books by Pagan and witchcraft, which authors, um, especially authors of color. But if you can't afford to buy books, there are a lot of books out there. Um, we understand and they're expensive. Um, your local library is a great free resource. Maybe not now during the pandemic, um, a lot of libraries are closed. They only have, you know, like the, the online access. Um, but during regular life, libraries are a great resource. And if they don't have the book that you're looking for, you can request it. Um, you can say, hey, is it possible for you guys to order this book? Um, and maybe they can ha lend it from a different library um, or they get it specifically for your library. And then it lives in your library and other people who are curious who maybe go, oh, you know, I was kind of thinking about looking at witchcraft. And then they go in, they find all of these great books and they find these books by, by pagan authors of color. And then it promotes them, it promotes their work. And um, so again, local libraries, if, if libraries were suggested in today's capitalist ideology, it would be called a communist farce <laughs> and it would never way you could create libraries today in today's culture and so yeah, it's really important exactly. that we keep using libraries exactly. and that we keep that wealth of knowledge growing um and and accessible to our communities mm -hmm. exactly and then there are also, you know, there are other resources um other than books, uh podcasts, <laughs> hint hint wink wink. Um they're a great great resource, although if you really if you really do like a podcast, we don't have a Patreon. Um, we're such amateurs. I don't really know if I would feel comfortable having a Patreon at this point. Um, but a lot of other podcast hosts have Patreon, and they're at the point where that's how they support themselves financially. So if you do really like a podcast and you are at the point where you could afford it, perhaps look into supporting pagan podcasters financially. Um there's also blogs. Blogs are great. Um, Instagram is a great resource. I learn a lot of stuff off of Instagram. Um, there's a lot of anti-capitalist on anti-capitalist stuff on Instagram as well. Um, and then Pinterest. I don't use it very often, but Missa, I know you do. And then just googling it. When you're in doubt, you can like Google like full moon spell, and it'll bring up you know 500 mo full moon spells. So there's a lot that you can work with where you don't necessarily have to spend the money to, um, yeah, be a absolutely. Witch. Um, it, the, our bottom line, um, not only, you know, today's episode is not only about the, the dangers of capitalism and why we are anti-capitalist, but also what we really want you to convey to you is that witchcraft is free. Witchcraft costs $0. Um, you don't, you could be a witch and never spend a single freaking penny on your spirituality. Um, meditation is free. Mm -hmm. Casting a circle is free. 
talking to your ancestors is free. You can build an altar with things that you already have in your house. You can put out offerings of things that you already have in your house. You can go outside. Um, you know, if, if nature is, if, you know, if you're not in a huge city and there is some kind of park or greenery near you and just be in nature. And for the most part, that is free. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And, you know, I feel like when I was getting into witchcraft, there's almost this expectation of like, well, I need to get a pentagram and I need to get an athame and I need to get a wand. And then once I have that, I'll be able to do the magic. But the reality is that magic is much more subtle than that. You can create magic using the spices that are in your kitchen cabinet. You can use magic using your everyday wardrobe you already have. You could use magic just using your mind. Like it doesn't necessarily require a bunch of fancy um you know, accessories and spending a ton of money. And, you know, you, you know, crystals, we talk about crystals a lot. You can go rock hounding and find your own crystals. You can, um, you know, just find a rock uh, when you're out on a walk and it's cool and it's free. And that's just what, that's the crystal you work with. So you don't have to spend all of this money to hone your witchcraft and practice magic. Yeah. So, um, Again, this is something that we're passionate about that we've talked about in probably every episode. We're going to keep talking about it probably in every episode, but we just kind of wanted to have one episode specifically on this subject um, to kind of give it a little background to explain why we feel this way. And so if you you think, you know, Katie and Miss are always freaking talking about anti-capitalism, but I, I don't remember what they said. So now it's it's in one place. Here's an episode for you during the biggest frigging shopping season of the year. Um, so you have this um, to listen to whenever, to listen to now, to listen to if you're coming next year or three years from now. Um, you know, we we want to make sure that your your practice is mindful and not a drain on your expenses or putting you into debt. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And yeah, I mean, this was kind of a heavy subject. I feel like I might have gone off at some point, Ben. I apologize. I have been, my life has been inundated with capitalism lately. And in all honesty, I'm fucking sick of it. Like, I, I was just thinking like we sell through Amazon and we've had this huge influx of Amazon orders from people ordering last minute. We're recording this on um, the 18th. And like, we see the delivery, the delivery day that Amazon quotes these customers and they're like, oh yeah, this is going to deliver on Christmas. And this implies that they are going to make their delivery drivers work on Christmas to deliver these stupid fucking things. And I'm just like, <laughs> I'm done. I'm so fucking done with capitalism right now. It has ruined my life for the last yeah, month. I'm been, Granted, it's, it's paying my bills, but I'm Yeah, it's I'm been causing done. me a lot of stress too. Uh, normally my siblings and I, we do a gift exchange um, but this year, because we're not getting together because of COVID, my mom was like, just send each other gifts. And I was like, I haven't bought my siblings gifts in years. I don't even know what they want. Like, I don't know how to do this. I usually just buy one gift. And now I have to buy gifts for how many people? Like, I just today decided what I'm getting my brother. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to have to drive an hour to get it and drop it off at his house. And I'm just like, capitalism, I'm over it. Mm -hmm. I'm over it. I'm ready for... The solstice for Yule, that's coming up on Monday. That is a happy topic. Um, Yule is, I think it's Monday. I actually didn't look mm -hmm. at the date for this year. <laughs> it's usually. Well, it is, it is. I have it. I've had it 
marked off on my calendar. I think I'm going to try to do, I mean, I've been so burnt out. I might, I might just end up taking a bath and ordering takeout or something. I don't really know what I'm going to do, but I don't know. I'm going to do something restorative and fun and enjoy the day. Maybe I'll make mold wine. That'll be the thing I'll make. I'll make myself like a gigantic thing of mold yeah. wine and be hung over at work. Yeah. So say. this that's, episode that's should be coming be out on Yule. So, um, so if you're listening to this before you've, uh, you know, done your, your Yule ritual, if you're going to do something, um, I would encourage you to try to make it an anti-capitalist Yule. You don't need to buy anything for it. If, if, you know, if you could pay, you know, there are some witches that will sell like Yule services or ritual guides, you know, you could go that route, but you know, don't, don't, you don't have to buy yourself something special for Yule. Yule is not a capitalist, uh, holiday like like catholicism like catholicism (laughs) like christmas or like the united states is trying to make hanukkah into a capitalist holiday which that's absolutely not what it started out as um so yeah just yeah i i have a yule ritual for you there's going to be the great conjunction which i guess is going to be very visible in the sky so my yule um Ritual for you is to physically go outside if the skies are clear and go look at the Great Conjunction. If you do that, you're a witch. Congratulations. Wonderful. Yay. I think that is a great note uh, to end on. As always, we are baby witches. We do not have degrees in the economy, in economics. Um, So take everything we've said with a grain of salt if you want. Um, if you have questions, comments, concerns, or you just want to reach out and tell us how this podcast has impacted you, always reach out to us. Katie is really good at getting back to people on social media. Mm-hmm. Yes. And you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Baby Witch Pod. Um, I mainly do the Instagram responses and I know Miss has been very busy, so Twitter responses might be slower, but it sounds like you've been keeping up on it. Um, and then... You can email us at babywitchpod. All at right. Well, we will talk to you all next month and next year. Uh, this is the last podcast for 2020. <laughs> so we'll talk to you on the next Magical Monday. All right. Bye. Start. I don't even remember. How do we start an episode? <laughs> I'm so tired. Just. Okay. Hey, Katie. Hey, Miss. Anyway, you can leave that in if you want to. I think that's everything. That was the whole episode. That was great. Thank you, Katie.